Praise the Lord. I am Rajat and you are listening to Biblical Demand Podcast where we discuss and answer difficult questions raised against the Bible, God and the Christian faith. In the Gospel according to Apostle John chapter 8 verse 32, Jesus said, "And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free." Amen. So let's get started. Welcome to Biblical Demand and today our guest is Dr. Rosalyn Picard. It's a joy to have you ma'am on the Biblical Demand Podcast. Thank you. It's my it's my honor to be here with you. Great. So let's begin with your story. Uh, tell us about yourself. That especially, how did you come to know Jesus? Yes, I grew up without any religion in a family uh, that moved around a lot. So we met a lot of people from around the world. But I was a very proud child, a very good student, and I thought that religion was for people who didn't think. <laughs> um, that was wrong. I. was quite wrong I've been quite wrong about a lot of things uh but one of the things that opened my eyes was when I met thinking smart wonderful people who were Christians and they challenged me to uh well first they were nice and they just invited me to church uh but I didn't want to go to church and then they said well maybe what matters most is not whether or not you go to church but what you believe do you know what you believe and they asked if I'd ever read the bible and i realized that hey this is the number one best selling book of all time and no i hadn't read it uh and if i wanted to be the smart person i thought i was then i should read the bible how can you be educated if you haven't read the bible so they suggested i start by reading proverbs which is uh you know you can read one chapter a day for a month it's very light reading and i thought sure i'll read that you know and i imagined it would be full of this fanciful stuff that i could easily you know in my snobby arrogant self-centered way look down upon uh and as i started reading it i realized oh my there's real wisdom in here there is stuff for the most uh intellectual person to be challenged by to really think about and as i um started to realize that i realized i really need to read the whole bible which i then proceeded to do uh in a year checking off boxes how many books a day from the old testament the new testament uh and as i did that quietly without wanting to share it with anybody i found myself being uh challenged and changed i found myself uh starting to believe in god which i did not want to believe in <laughs> so that worried me a little bit so that as i need to study world religions and see if you know if i study some other one is it going to make me believe you know or lead me to that predisposition maybe i'm just shaped by my culture the judeo christian culture in america uh so i visited um mosques and temples and met people from lots of different religious faiths i studied it in school in an independent studies uh program that my high school let a certain number of students do some independent activities and through quite a long process i uh decided that the evidence for christianity was uh very powerful and was greater than uh what i was finding in a lot of these other traditions although i think all of these religious traditions are filled with great people and have lots of wonderful things uh to offer i think you know there are truths um in a lot of these but but the truths of christianity don't agree <laughs> but you you can't just say they're all the same they say things that are different from each other uh so i felt challenged to believe in god and then later as um i went to college 
this took this took me many years. I was not a real I was not a happy convert. I was sort of fighting it the whole time. Uh, but as I uh, went to college and got more questions answered and learned more not just about God but about Jesus Christ, then I uh, took another step, which was not just to allow that God might exist, uh, but to allow that not only did Jesus exist historically and what he taught, uh, you know, is so incredible and inspiring and challenging. Um, but I could also embrace Jesus in a different role, a role with a relationship, a role as who is in charge of my life. Is it me or am I going to hand that off to someone who I think knows better than I do? And when I ran that experiment, I became a Christian. Uh, and that was a very big step, not an easy step, uh, but the greatest step I've ever taken really made all the difference in my life. Wow, that's so wonderful to hear your testimony that uh, you were not uh, you were not born and brought up in a Christian home, but uh, you've been challenged by Christians to uh, you know to read and to go through the Bible. And once you started reading it, it took your interest. And you, as you said, that you started feeling changes in you, like the way you uh, live your life. And later on, after going to college, uh, you finally gave your life to Jesus. Right? Yeah. So as you mentioned that in your story that um, the quest for truth led you to explore many world religions, you know, you went through other religions as well. So I want to ask you, what is the difference you see between Christianity and other religions? It's a little intimidating for me to answer this because I know you have some of the, you know, best theologians in the world <laughs> on your, your podcast. So there are people who certainly know a lot more of the right words to use in describing these differences. Uh, but but let me say some things just from, you know, more a practitioner, not a theologian, and from a scientist. Uh, and let me separate them into things that I sort of see from the outside versus from the inside. Uh, from the outside, when I was looking at Christianity, and again, I didn't want to be religious. I wasn't looking for a religion. If anything, I was looking initially for justification to stay an atheist. Uh, I realized that Christianity was not just a belief. Uh, and it's not just blind faith. You know, I thought, oh, this is just faith, right? Like without any evidence. Christianity actually has lots of historical evidence. And Christians promote scholarship, learning, openness to, to new data, openness to anthropological findings. Uh, you know, if somebody could come up with a better explanation for the resurrection and prove that it didn't happen, Christians say Christianity would, would have to change, right? We, we couldn't uh, you know, act the way we act if we had some different set of evidence or historical explanations that um, changed what we see. So there's a great um, emphasis on not just blind faith, but on uh, scholarship and learning. In fact, uh, because of that, there's also, you know, a great set of practices that have come out of this and, and impacts that it has had. Uh, for example, Harvard University, you know, this oldest university in the U.S., was founded by Christians, um, you know, with the motto, Veritas Christus et Ecclesiae, you know, Latin for truth for Christ and the church. Uh, there's a lot of hospitals and other um, organizations doing good that were founded by Christians. There's a lot of science that was propelled by a belief that the world is organized, that God is a God of order and meaning and purpose, and that because there is a priori 
a, a God bringing meaning and purpose into this world, we scientists can expect to find order and meaning um, when we go looking for it. It's not all random and meaningless with all meaning just concocted by us from you know purposeless, randomless, undirected, everything. So these uh, these implications and the way that they cause Christians to act in the world were a part of learning about and understanding uh, Christianity. So that was sort of um, some ways I, I see differences as you look out. Um, another thing is that Christianity can be practiced in lots of different ways around the world. It is not a Western religion, an Eastern religion. It is, it is um, you know, Christ came for all. Uh, you don't have to dress a certain way, sing a certain way, <laughs> worship a certain way at certain times, pointed in a certain direction. Uh, it, is, um, it is a gift for all people. And then the way that we worship or practice can be very different. You can, you can wear a particular kind of clothing, you can sing a particular kind of music. All of that is secondary, right? That's not what the religion is. Uh, so I, I find all of these things very interesting. You know, you don't have to read it in one language or follow a certain set of fixed practices. It's really about Jesus Christ. Who was, who was he? historically? What did he do? What does that mean? And what do I believe uh, about it? Um, so, so I'm tying together now some of the outside and the um, inside aspects of Christianity. Uh, inside, when you start to grapple with what it actually teaches, uh, you know, it starts with we are, we miss the mark, right? If here's the bullseye, and we're aiming at the middle, we don't get it quite right. We're, we're not perfect. We don't get it right every time. Um, we are sinners. Uh, that's literally what that, that word means. And, you know, because we're a sinner and God is, you know, beyond our comprehension. And I, I, I like to describe God as the, um, you know, compared to science, this, this is like not only the greatest scientist, but the greatest author of our very ability to know anything, right? This is, so far beyond our comprehension that I, uh, when I actually start to try to fathom it, I, I can't speak. <laughs> I would just be sitting here with my mouth open, uh, being completely ineffective. So that is this the the true God, not some made up God, but the true God uh, is so vastly beyond our ability to describe anything um, that we just can't even begin to approach that God on our own. Uh, and so Christianity describes how. Uh, God and God's love for us uh, came down in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, free gift. Didn't say, oh, Roz, if you believe in me, I'll come down and give you this gift. <laughs> it, it was, it's there. Everybody out there right now who doesn't even believe has this gift. You have to uh, accept it or reject it. Um, and I rejected it for a long time. Um, and now that I've accepted it, I'm like, wow, why didn't I accept it sooner? I mean, this is amazing. Absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, God. Um, you know, like has made up for the fact that I can't hit the mark. Uh, and that sacrifice invites us into a relationship. And that relationship with God is the greatest relationship uh, that exists. Um, you know, we humans have can have amazing relationships with each other. You can have a little taste of, of that relationship with God here on earth. Uh, and we know how special that is um, to be loved and known and um, to get knowledge and guidance and someone you know who's there when you when you have a need that 
that is beyond your ability uh, and that empowers you and inspires you and strengthens you and you know just gives you reasons uh, and purpose and meaning. And all of that comes in that relationship with God. So the invitation to, you know, uh, to experience that is so tremendous. I highly recommend it. <laughs> uh, so Christianity compared to other religions gives you that, gives you that way to God, you know, acknowledging we're not good enough. I, there's no sacrifice I can make. There's no good deed I can do. That's good enough. Although I want to do more good deeds, uh, but no matter how much I miss the mark, uh, we have all already been given this, um, this amazing gift. Wow, truly, uh, you explained it very well. I mean, you shared your experience, the way you came to Christianity, how Christianity differed. Like you mentioned that uh, the historicity of Jesus, right? Jesus was not a myth. He, he has historical evidences we have, archaeological evidences we have, and there's even many non-believers. Uh, I was talking with Dr. Harry, Gary Habermas, who is a resurrection specialist. Even he says the non-Christian resources also, sources also, uh, gives us the, you know, proof that Jesus actually existed. So as you mentioned, also the historicity of Jesus and also the openness of Christianity uh, for uh, uh, for the beliefs, like as you mentioned, um, uh, this if someone comes with another argument, so they, you know, they gonna, you know, uh, uh, think on it and they don't gonna oppose, oppose it, but they gonna give answer to through the biblical perspective. So also you mentioned that. Uh, uh, it is a personal encounter with God, the actual God. It was not a made-up God, uh, not in the idols, but actual personal God who speaks to you and who convicts you that you actually a sinner. You cannot do anything from your own, but you need someone who is greater than you. And Jesus was is that way to get to the heaven, to get right with God. Right. So that's wonderful to hear. So. Uh, Ma'am, moving on to the next question that uh, we keep on hearing debates and argument uh, about that uh, science supposes existence of God, right? So since you come from the scientific background, so does science actually oppose the existence of God? Not at all. No, it's, it's uh, you know, if, if God to you is a little made up fiction, you know, like a, um, like a little green man or something that walks around on clouds uh, or like a cosmic bellhop or Santa Claus or whatever, okay, then, you know, science uh, does not support that kind of God. Uh, but the God that uh, I find in the Bible, that we find in the Bible, the one that uh, we meet through Jesus Christ, uh, you know, that God is so far beyond our universe, our space and time, every force uh you know we we cannot begin to describe that if, if we describe that god with science it's just oh my goodness i mean it would be like me you know trying to describe the universe with uh you know maybe three splotches of paint on a little piece of paper right there there's just no comparison and while science is incredible i am a scientist i love the tools of science it's very powerful it does give us great ways to know certain things. It is not the only way to know truth, right? That's scientism, believing that. We know that, uh, you know, take history, for example, right? It, it's a very different way of knowing uh, what has happened. 
uh, in the past. We can't run the science experiments on history, right? We can use some scientific methods to make measurements, um, some methods to interview people and look at lots of sources. We have lots of good practices that come from science. We can apply those to the history of Jesus and what he did and who he was and who witnessed him and, and what impact that's had on people's lives. Great tools to use, right? But um, science absolutely does not oppose the existence of God. If anything, the order and magnificence that we see points to something much greater and our ability to know and to reason beyond science points to something much greater. Great. Uh, so according to you, there is science doesn't oppose uh, it uh, because you can apply those scientific uh, laws to uh, what would you say those scientific law laws to uh, those scientific laws indicate to some higher power to higher intelligence, as you mentioned in your talk that uh, science is not disapproving. That is called scientism, as you were saying, those were keep on disapproving what as scientific laws and the scientific research is always pointing to some higher power, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, what we find is that there is meaning and order. I mean, I, I don't know if order. Yeah. mathematicians listening, but when you go into abstract mathematical space, it's not just a bunch of random numbers floating around, right? There's beautiful structures and high dimensions and order and they're interwoven. There's elegance and things that make a mathematician just uh, have awe for how that mathematical world exists, right? And mm. where did that come from? Why is it so beautiful and ordered? Why is there so much beauty and meaning and purpose? Correct. Where do these come from? Yeah, absolutely correct. So uh, since you come from science background and you said also that uh, uh, you were like an atheist who doesn't believe in the existence of God, right? When you were young. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask, what is the difference you see now versus then when you were an atheist and now we are uh, and now we are theist in your work uh, in other words uh, has your faith changed your perspective on how you look at science and work now yeah definitely one of the things reading the bible taught me was again it's kind of hard to it, it, it's easy when you're like a smart kid to think that you're so smart and other people aren't and your world kind of revolves around you and you can become very myopic, right? And you think that it's all about the things you're interested in. Uh, one of the things the Bible, you know, did while people talk about Christianity, comforting people, and it's, uh, it is good for that, uh, or it being a crutch and yeah, you know, it can support you. And I think we all uh, are crippled. <laughs> we all need a crutch. Uh, but what um, it also does is it afflicts the comfortable. I, one um, priest I know used to talk about Christianity comforting the afflicted and afflicting the comfortable. And for me, the Bible afflicted me a lot. It told me that I needed to love others as I love myself, that I need to uh, not just love them, but I need to do unto others. I, I need to um, honor others as greater than myself. I need to, um, you know, really, it actually taught me not just to act to be humble, but it actually humbled me. Uh, and humbles me this day. And so it really got me out of myself. It got me to uh, start to, not that I'm perfect at this, I'm still, I still have a lot of room to improve, lots of room to improve. Uh, but it has taught me to um, look to others uh, as greater than myself. And that include, and it has also taught me that there is uh, equal value and worth in all people, 
that there's not, I'm not better than anybody, uh, that uh, an able-bodied person is not better than a disabled person, that a person born to wealth is not better than a person born to poverty, that all are made in the image of God. Uh, God made all people with what is sometimes termed the Latin term, the Imago Dei. And this uh, image of God is given to all of us, uh, every living human being. And what it made me realize is that I can, uh, I can focus on people in society who others might be ignoring in my research. So instead of just working on, so big company wants to fund our work, they want to work with hip young people, that's, they just want to work on the product that would, you know, beef up the fitness of these people who already look like what everybody wants to be, right? Well, I could actually work with people who are seriously disabled, who are unable to speak, who have other challenges they face. They are of equal worth as that cool person that this company wants to feature in their ad. And what has been amazing is as I've worked with these individuals, I have learned so much from them, much more than I've learned from my fellow colleagues who are, you know, very, uh, the people they want to feature in the ads, right? And we, in fact, we've all learned from them. Our worldviews have been changed. Our research has been changed. Our scientific insights have grown even more. Um, we've also been able to build some things that help them, which help them to scale and do even more also. So whether it's a person with autism, a person with epilepsy, a person with you know, serious um, mood disorders, uh, anxiety, depression, mental health challenges, uh, you know, whatever it is. And by the way, um, any of us could get epilepsy, right? Anybody with a healthy brain tomorrow could suddenly have a seizure. It, it, it can happen to anybody with a brain. Uh, why do we stigmatize or treat people differently? Because they, you know, have, you know, some difference in functionality for a little while. So the Imago Day says, you know, we're all equal worth. And um, because that has uh, informed my research, we've been able to benefit enormously in our science and our findings, uh, working with and getting to know these wonderful people. Um, and it has influenced and led to much better research. Great, great. That's so wonderful to hear that uh, Bible actually changed your perspective. Like, uh, uh, as you said, that we've been created in the image of God as Bible speaks. And those uh, principles you have applied in your work, that you treat people equally, you give them honor, and it taught you to be humble, not to act like humble, but to be humble. And that's really, uh, I was also going through your uh, website of Effectiva and Empathica. And I was really amazed to see the work you guys are doing for the disabled, like LFC and autism, the people of seizures. So I'm just really, it's great to know that some uh, Christian people are actually applying those uh, principle, biblical principles through technology and to bring betterment for the humanity. So, uh, so this question uh, I want to ask, it is related to the previous question uh, also that, uh, that I see, I personally see science as the another way to worship God. I know even, uh, even there are many Christians who believe, like you also believe. I, once I interviewed uh, astrophysicist Dr. Hugh Ross, who just talks about astronomy and he found those biblical uh, biblical teachings actually actually in the universe that the universe expands and he he was really amazed at how bible could talk about such things now science is discovering those things and then i interviewed uh, uh, dr saigard who's a biochemist scientist 
he also wrote a book the works of his hand and he also said that science is a still doxology right that uh, so i want to ask you that uh, uh, there, there are many christian but on the other hand we have many christians that who oppose god uh, those who oppose uh, sorry not god those who oppose science uh, and this and they have many misconception about about science so what misconception do you think the religious or these people have about science yeah i i think there's several um one is one came out in the pandemic with all the controversy around masks you know people were sort of mad because they heard one thing and then they heard another it's as if they think science is like it is in grade school where things have a right or wrong answer and you look up the right answer in the back of the book and why didn't they just tell us the right answer in the beginning why do they change the answer right um so often people who are not scientists think that science just has this set of facts and then they sometimes go a step further and think the facts do or don't support god right and if they don't support god they think it's a threat to their faith for example i have some colleagues i work with who are roboticists uh some of them um believe in god and all of us recognize that the robot's very different from a human right um but some of them talk like oh i'm just a machine so therefore our robots will someday equal us and we are nothing but uh what's in the machine right well it's it's fine to use the metaphor of a machine for a person although i will disagree with it i think we are much more than that uh but to say that we are nothing but this material stuff um or this machinery is not a scientific statement that is more of a uh an arrogant i see everything and we're nothing but that statement or it's just a misguided philosophical statement <laughs> but it's not a scientific statement it's really a myopic statement it's saying that you know everything i can see is all there is and of everything i can see there's nothing but the stuff i can see it's material stuff the stuff i can measure you should if you ask me it shows a lack of imagination <laughs> shows a, a you know a lack of awareness that over time there've been things scientists couldn't see and they later came to see them and uh if they had said that's all there is they would have been wrong so we have to be a little bit more humble and say uh, our tools let us see these things with these things we can model these things but we shouldn't say that's all there is because uh, we don't know and in fact uh i you know i would like to think there's much more i mean science has always shown us there's more than what we can see uh the bible in 1st corinthians 13 st paul writes about for now we see as through a glass darkly but then you know in the next world in the next adventure beyond this life which most of the world uh believes in and there's a lot of interesting evidence supporting um but then in this next life we shall see face to face with god uh wow holy cow like can you imagine and we all usually have somebody we dream of meeting face to face well when that's god you know i i'm not going to be able to say anything <laughs> uh and then we shall be known either then we shall know even as we are fully known then maybe we will know all these things or we will start to be able to see what we can't see now so i believe this stuff is knowable we are known uh we can know it it suggests uh what we see on this side of the world well let's learn all we can let's use science it's an amazing tool but to say that only the things we see and measure now is all there is that's a really myopic uh or arrogant and limited point of view and i would like to discourage 
scientists from thinking that, and people of religion who look at science and think they can show us everything there is, uh, it can't. Yeah, true. That science cannot explain everything because I, you know, science and technology keeps on changing. But uh, uh, as a theist, uh, we also believe in scientific things like you know, we're using the soaps and wash sanitizers. Around. Those are scientific researches. But we, let's not, as you said, let's not limit ourselves on thinking. Uh, science may uh, prove something like science has uh, throughout the history has revealed what was already written in the religious books. Now science is unfolding those things. Like uh, I was hearing, uh, science tells you that how it happens, but religions teach you why it happens. So there is a sort of difference we can see. And so believers, the they should not limit their mind, should not misconcept about science, that science only against religion. That is not, it's actually not, right? So uh, moving on to this, your personal experience and personal conviction, as we, um, you know, historically, we see the evidences for the, uh, uh, for the person of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. Uh, and then we see that Bible claims that Jesus is uh, God in the human form. He was born out of Virgin Mary. Then he taught the world and to his disciples to preach the gospel. And, but sometimes the people have this, uh, this notion of doubt, uh, actually, can human, be a, uh, can human be a God? So in your personal experience, how do you see Jesus? Words are a bit inadequate <laughs> for, for me to describe uh, Jesus. I, as I reflect on Jesus and what I've encountered through the Bible and through prayer, I just, uh, you know, I wish I could be more like Jesus. Um, I am filled with, um, just kind of overwhelmed with what, what he's done for all of us. I can't thank him enough. Uh, I, you know, just blessed beyond my wildest hopes and dreams that he's willing to be Lord of my life when I ask for that, right? Uh, I feel like his his light shines into my my dark corners and lights my path going forward, which is amazing to see ahead, uh, to be given the gift of asking for foresight and guidance and the light shines not on me, but on things that I wasn't seeing and then I see. Uh, I understand his word was there in the beginning and that's what we're given as a guide and that's just amazing. Uh, when you experience love and joy and you you see Jesus as the source, you know, it, it just, uh, it's indescribable. Um, from Jesus, I've learned mercy and grace and that is still something hard to uh, put into practice. When I see Jesus make the first move for forgiveness, I'm inspired to do the same, even when it's hard. Sometimes it's easier to carry around uh, pain, um, you know, from a betrayal or suffering. Uh, and when I see that Jesus didn't wait for people to repent, Jesus forgave in the beginning, um, you know, and if I could be more like that, how much better I could help make my little corner of the world. Uh, we could all make the world. Um, I feel I do not deserve to know him. Uh, and yet 
he, by his grace, you know, he uh, is there. Uh, so how do I see Jesus? I, I cannot express enough gratitude, but I um, strongly have been changed um, by the privilege of catching glimpses and being, and, you know, accepting the gift of being able to honor into it, of the gift and honor of being able to enter into a relationship uh, with Jesus. I think that's just um, beyond words. Oh, that's so beautiful. Uh, beautifully, you shared your experience, like uh, Jesus, the mercy of Jesus, the love of Jesus, and it teaches you to be more like him. Uh, and uh, as you said, really, it is beyond the words we cannot describe because this is more of experience than uh, than to uh, to put them into words, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you sh so I want to ask the last question. I ask this question to every guest because this is the question I really want uh, to, uh, I want youngsters to listen that uh, in this internet age, what advice would you give to the young Christians or young believers, those who are influenced by culture, other worldviews and other philosophies? So since you were saved in a very young age, so what advice would you give how to just, uh, you know, take the things from the world or what things we should avoid and such? Thanks for, for uh, helping our youth. <laughs> I think my, my brief words would be, there is a God. Uh, it is not you. <laughs> One of my colleagues had a poster on her wall in this very powerful place. There is a God and it is not you. Uh, with all these people who walked in and thought they were God. We are not God. I think it's important Perhaps I, I think it may be the most important question you ask in your life. Uh, who is Jesus Christ? Uh, is Christianity true? And if you're unsure, learn, learn, ask questions. And I also encourage you when when you get that information to to don't just think about it, but to run the practical personal experiment. Try living your life with uh, taking yourself off the throne and putting. Uh, Jesus, Jesus Christ, uh, God in flesh on the throne, and see if it makes a difference. And I um, hope you find that it's an amazing, amazing, the greatest thing you ever did experience. Uh, and um, I think you'll find that you'll be very grateful that you tried that experiment. Really, it's a very valuable advice that first believe there is a God, and uh, and if you have question, ask questions and you know take help. And when you get answers, and then apply those things practically in your life. And it was really uh, good advice. And um, I thank you for that. I thank you for that. And also, I want to really thank you for taking out time to be on this podcast. It was my honor to have you. That's my my privilege and pleasure. Thank you for your efforts to help uh, spread the gospel, spread the good news, um, and get people thinking during this challenging time. Really important, thank you. Welcome.